Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is the Ticket 760 Golf Show on San Antonio's sports station, Ticket 760. The Ticket 760 Golf Show, presented by MK Golf Tech, Joe Caruso Golf, and the Alamo City Golf Trail. Now, on the first tee, here's Andy Everett. I am absolutely nowhere near the first tee today. It's way too cold for golf. Uh, it is going to be uh, huddled up by a warm place today and watch the Pebble Beach event, or I'll be doing a basketball game today. I'll watch it tonight and tomorrow. But uh, the golf course will be mostly empty for most of us today, I would assume. Most of them are closed uh, because of the weather, and uh, this is our one shot every three years of actual winter. So we'll talk about golf for the next hour and not necessarily play it today. Uh, joining us on the program, uh, Mark Valier and Kirk James from MK Golf Tech. Good morning, guys. How are we doing today? Good morning, Andy. Doing great. A little nippy today, but uh, doing great. Yep, it's a little close, a little close, uh, a little cold. I, we're going to talk with John Hagen, who lives out at Pebble Beach, and he's got the rough life. But nonetheless, um, he he uh, sent me a photo yesterday of uh, about eight inches of snow at Carnoustie and St Andrews. So it's even cold there too, and it usually doesn't snow there that much. So uh, there's no golf to be played in the northern hemisphere, I don't think, right now, except for Pebble Beach, where the pros are playing today. Uh, before we get into what's uh, some of the news, uh, this is uh, always a fun time with all the new stuff coming out. Uh, Mark, Kurt, give us a, a rundown of uh, what uh, what you're seeing and putting in players' hands these days. Well, every company has uh, just about all their stuff out. Uh, we're still waiting on, I think, uh, TaylorMade to uh, come through with, with some of their things, but uh, Ping, TaylorMade, Tyler, I mean, uh, Tyler's new driver has been out for a while. Uh, Mizuno, the 21, 921s came out uh, a few months ago. The drivers are out now, still waiting on them. I think Fairway Woods, but uh, Callaway's got a great driver out right now. And uh, I have a favorite so far, but I'll uh, hold off on that until we get through uh, further down the show. But uh, I have a personal favorite. I think it's been uh, been kind of winning most of the battles, you know. But I, I there's there's a couple different reasons why, but. Uh, and um, we're uh, we're very busy and uh, have been that way, and so I hope uh, continues. With COVID, how difficult is it to get stuff? Um, I've heard stories that it may take five or six extra weeks than normal. Uh, are we getting back to where you can get product uh, rather quickly, or is it still a bit uh, behind? It well, it, it's still ahead. running behind uh, compared to what it was, let's say, a year, year and a half two years ago and part of it is part of it now they're, they're, the companies are getting back up to somewhat full speed with their um, with their staff uh, where they build the clubs uh, that's picking up the problem now is the supply chain of the components which of course most of the heads come from China 
and they have to ship them on boats. And from what we've heard from several of the companies, the the where most of the where most of the shipments come in is Long Beach, California, and because it's in California, and the, the longshoremen and the people who work in the port areas. They've been cut way back, and so there's ships lined up. From what I understand, there are ships that are lined up waiting to get into port for miles offshore. It's it's really interesting when you hear that, but that's part of the problem is getting the components to the companies. Well, I guess if so you want cl- everything down, I guess if you want clubs by say April, order now, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, most of them are taken. Go ahead, Mark. If you're looking for new new product, I I I told all the people that talk to me, don't wait. I mean, if you're if you're looking for spring to come and uh, you're going to try to get a new new driver, or, you know, a new set of irons or whatever, you're going to wait because I think what also is going to happen is um, the the companies that are have have a product, you know, in in transit are still going to have a problem getting it to us based on, you know, just moving stuff around the country. But All right, we'll talk more about clubs and club fitting coming up in uh, the, the third segment of the show today. And also we're going to talk about this golf boom that everybody's into right now. More people are playing golf now than in a, in a long time. But we do have news going on on the uh, PGA Tour. And there is a Jordan Spieth sighting the last couple of weeks. He had a nice run last week in Phoenix. He's leading the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. And Mark, you and I have been talking, and Kirk too, for that matter, but Mark has been very vocal about this. Please go see somebody other than Cameron McCormick. You don't have to fire Cameron McCormick, but go see somebody else. So last November, uh, Jordan went to see uh, Butch uh, Harmon for a lesson or two, and guess what? He's winning again. Well, um, you know, he had a couple of choices. So, you know, he won. He did really well as a junior. His parents, you know, kind of got him into this uh, – golf game and, and uh, he was successful all the way from a junior to college to pro when he got in um, he had the same girlfriend forever and so uh, he was winning when he had his girlfriend and then you got the co- you got the coach and then you got the caddy so there's only two other directions you can go to make any changes well I think he finally realized that I mean Greller's probably my guy which you know I don't disagree with you know 100% but he probably said you know you need to go get some other advice and um, I don't, it's hard to say whether or not, uh, this is the reason why, but, uh, you know, shooting a five under at, at spyglass yesterday and, and being way uh, above the field average or below the field average, it's pretty cool. Well, I look at it from this standpoint, I've had golf lessons from a variety of pros in my life and every one of them has told me something that makes me think about what I'm doing when I have an issue on the golf course. And I can remember probably the, the last uh, one of the last people I took a lesson from was Jeff Hunter, up at, who's now up at Comanche Trace. I took a wedge lesson from Greg Hiller back in the, in the summer last year. And all of, everything that every pro tells me kind of goes into the memory bank. And there, it's not necessarily that I can do or want to do every single thing that those people tell me, but it always gives me another th- a, a thought to think about when I'm working on something in the golf game. And to me, that's all this is. Cameron McCormick still knows his golf swing like the back of his hand. But Butch Harmon may have seen one thing that he could have done differently that makes him hit the ball and play a little bit more or gives him confidence to hit a good chip or a putt. I I can't disagree with that at all. Yep. 
Yeah, I think that's I think that's the key to all this. And um, and Tiger did it with Butch for years, and then went to Hank Haney. And I'm sure that even though he's not getting any advice right now from a, a paid professional, there, there's probably somebody that goes, "Hey, Tiger, uh, your left hand's a, a millimeter too low," or something like just something simple. And it's not only him, but it's every player out there on the PGA Tour. All right, I'm going to throw an interesting stat out for you. I don't know how cool of a stat this is because it means that Phil Mickelson is old. But other than that, and Phil did not make the cut this week, uh, but Phil yesterday and on Thursday played with a up-and-coming star called Akshay Bhatia. And yep. with him playing with this uh, fellow uh, in, the, uh, in the tournament, he became, and I think he's the first to do this, he has now played the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am uh, with somebody in his group. And over the last 30 years that he's played in this event, and I think he's only missed it one time in 30 years, um, he has played with somebody who was born in the 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and in the first part of the 2000s. So he has uh, encompassed nine decades of playing golf with people at uh, at Pebble Beach. How cool is that? Wow. <laughs> That's quite that a stat. Be, uh, yeah, that may be uh, a stat that uh, holds on for a while. I wonder who figured that out. That's crazy. Well, I yeah, heard. I oh, heard amazing, it. Really. I heard it on the coverage on Thursday when um, Terry Gannon mentioned it, and I and I wasn't taping it. I was just kind of in uh, in the back of my mind, and I went, "What do you say?" And I, as I was doing research, I I checked out with Doug Milney from the PGA Tour and said, "What did Terry Gannon say about Mickelson playing?" And about ten minutes later, he texted me back and said, "Yep, uh, Ashke uh, Batia uh, became it was born in I think 2002." Uh, and and so um, now Phil has played with somebody from every decade since 1929, and I assume the 1929 was Arnold Palmer. Uh, it may have been somebody else. I'm not sure, but uh, that's a pretty uh, cool stat for that for that right there to to play with that many different people. And obviously, golf gives you an opportunity to meet a lot of different folks. And Phil's always been very generous with his playing partners and his pro am partners and all that. So uh, kudos to Phil for uh, seeing a lot of different faces at Pebble Beach over the years. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy. He, he uh, probably can't. He might not go over any further than that. Uh, yeah, I don't know that he'll be playing with somebody that was born in 2011. No. <laughs> he'll be well. He'd be 62. I don't know. He he may get an exemption into the tournament. So, so he's 51 yeah. now. 11 years from now, um, he'll uh, now that um, unless unless this you know the next phenom shows up and plays in the tournament when he's 16 or something like that. Yeah, possible. All right, we've got more to get to coming up in the show. Rory McIlroy just had a, a fit with the USGA and RNA. We're going to talk about that. The R, the PGA of America is going to allow range finders in its events. We'll discuss all of that. And TaylorMade, I'm not sure which stock you invest in, but if you uh, are a, a uh, an investor, we'll tell you why TaylorMade may be the hottest thing on the market right now. We'll discuss all of that. John Hagen's at Pebble Beach. We'll talk to John coming up next. It's 812 on Ticket 760. All right, it's uh, 816 as we continue on the Ticket 760 Golf Show. Mark Valier and Kurt James from MK Golf Tech joining us on the program. We'll visit with more about them in with them in just a bit. And uh, got some takes on Rory and the PGA Rangefinders and all that kind of stuff coming up. Uh, right now, it is Pebble Beach Pro-Am time, and we do this almost every year and have him on five or six times a year anyway. The most interesting man in the world is John Hagen, and he lives at Pebble Beach. There are worse things in the world than that. Uh, how's it going today, John? 
It's fine. It's also nippy here today. It's going to be an interesting day for golf if the wind comes up, which we think it may. Uh, it's still dark here, of course, but uh, they're predicting we could get some 20-mile-an-hour gusts today, which is going to probably raise some havoc on Pebble Beach in that they are talking about using some of the open pin placements um, for the last two rounds, which they usually don't not do because of the uh, amateurs. With no amateurs this year, they're going to toughen the course up a little bit. Yeah, how about Jordan Spieth shooting 67 at what is by far the most difficult golf course out there, Pe- uh, Spyglass Hill? Well, it, it, it's uh, it's playing about four shots tougher than Pebble. So you take that, and all of a sudden he's got his game together, doesn't he? But there has been some interesting things that happened on Pebble, too. You know, we had a player that hit all 18 greens, mm-hmm. which is unheard of, number one. And when you put it in the context of Pebble Beach's greens, which are very small, in fact, all 18 of them added up are smaller than the big green at, Pebble, at uh, St. Andrews on the old course. Yeah. Well, all those double greens at the, at the old course, I'm not sure how you count to one from the other. I guess they're all the same. But, you know, what I've, I find interesting uh, is, and, and I've, I've seen this uh, calling basketball games this year to a certain extent football I, we got to get this pandemic over with as fast as we can from a sports perspective because there is just no energy in these arenas. And with no fans at Pebble Beach, no fans at Torrey Pines a few weeks back, uh, guys uh, knock it uh, two feet from the hole and there's no roars. There's no cheers. I miss that so much. And I think uh, obviously there's a lot more important things towards the pandemic than sports. But from a sports perspective, uh, that to me is uh, what's missing from the enjoyment of the of these events well it's the same way with the players that's for them it's like they're um, four guys that are playing on monday somewhere before they show up for a tournament it's as if they're just having a good old boy round of golf but the real the real problem is the charities and mm-hmm. when you consider that the pga tour annually raises more money for charity than baseball, football, basketball put together. It's it's a huge impact on the economies and all of the money that they raise, of course, they being the tour, stays in the local communities. San Antonio knows this as well as or better than anybody else. Well, I look at the fact that the Pro-Am got canceled and you generally have about 200 Pro-Am participants in this event. And what do they pay now? Fifty grand a spot for the pro am? Something around there. That's yeah, ten million dollars. <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, last year, um, this tournament last year gave twelve million plus back to the community and the charities that it supports. Yeah, staggering. Uh, yeah, fi- uh, two hundred participants at uh, at fifty thousand a pop. That's ten million, and that you just don't make that much money uh, back up. All right, uh, the the format's a little bit different this year. They're not playing Monterey Peninsula, so you've got one round uh, uh, at uh, Spyglass either Thursday or Friday. The rest play the uh, Pebble Thursday or Friday, and then everybody plays Pebble the last two days. Um, uh, your thoughts on that? Instead of uh, uh, playing all three golf courses like they normally do. Well, the I, it's probably black humor a little bit, but it's kind of fun 
all of a sudden to see them play the tournament as a, a, as a tournament without that um, all of the show business connected with it. Problem is there aren't the field is very weak here. There's nobody here that's in the top ten. There's only three people that are in the top twenty, and uh, even uh, the, to fill the field, it was a real difficulty. Notwithstanding the uh, appearance fees, which draw people to Saudi Arabia or wherever. Plus, you've got four tournaments coming up that are a big deal for a player. You know, you've got L.A., the world, you've got Bay Hill, and the players. So they're, they're kind of getting uh, cheated on players this year, but so be it. Do you think the the, the, the Pro-Am t- t- uh, t- uh, makes some players not want to play in this when we actually do have the celebs and all the other things that go on with that? Because... To me, it's Pebble Beach. You'd, I'd play Pebble Beach just to play Pebble Beach. Uh, and I think a lot of players skip this event just because they don't want to deal with all the other distractions that go on. That's true, and that's happened historically. That It's changed a bit in that uh, these days there are fewer celebrities across the board that play golf, that played golf when it was the Bing Crosby and was a, more of a personal tournament. But um, it's become so corporate, again, it's to support the charities, that um, uh, there's people are out, out on that golf course that probably play one round a year, you know, and it, uh, it distracts from somebody trying to make a living. We're visiting with John Hagen. He's out at Pebble Beach, lives out there. Uh, what do you think of what's happening restriction-wise with uh, people in golf courses in California? How close are we to getting back to some semblance of normal for the recreational player? Well, uh, we're not doing very well. Um, golf is allowed, if you will, and that's that's a big word, but that's about the way they're treating it. But clubhouses are still closed, so there's no food and beverage or if there is, it's very, very limited, meaning a barbecue on the 10th tee. Um, and uh, the gyms are closed and all of the other facilities like tennis courts, um, if they're true country clubs, and swimming pools. So it's uh, it's bleak. And uh, uh, the number of courses that are in rumor to not even being reopened is a little is staggering and it, uh, it but it's certainly going to happen uh, all right one last thing you think jordan speed hangs on and wins this he's got a lot of company pushing him from behind i've got five cents on on um uh uh paul casey all right that's a good bet he's uh he's a couple, about three shots back right now all that's right that's right John, enjoy your day out at uh, Pebble and uh, enjoy what you can see from uh, the the outside the ropes or outside the boundary, wherever you get to look, and uh, we'll talk to you very soon down the road. We can't even get on the golf course, so I'm watching it the same way you are. <laughs> I'm sure there's a way. You'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, under the cover of darkness. You better leave now. There you go. Have a good one, John. Thank you. Uh, all right. While we get Mark and Kirk back on the line, let me tell you about what's going on leaderboard-wise. Jordan Spieth leads at minus 12. Daniel Berger's minus 11. Henrik Norlander minus 10. Cantley, Casey, and Lewis are all at minus 9. Um, the um, other events that is going on uh, around the world of golf. 
is just the computer never cooperates when you're trying to go in a hurry. But the Mono Lynx PGA Classic is going on the Australasian tour, and that's pretty much it. And uh, they have not uh, got us any data on that. Nobody's uh, out there yet. Uh, the, uh, oh, yeah, here we go. Brighton McPherson, whoever he is, is minus 18. All right, Mark and Kirk are back with us. Uh, guys, um, this week, uh, or actually it was last uh, Wednesday before the uh, Phoenix Open, the Waste Management Phoenix Open, Rory McIlroy went off on the USGA and the RNA, and he had to prompt the uh, riders to stick around so that he could sound off. And I agree with everything Rory McIlroy said. He said, stop wasting money trying to figure out how far the ball goes. We are professional athletes. The ball goes a long way. It's going to go a long way. Manufacturers are going to figure out a way to make it go further. And quit wasting your money on this because you're talking about a 1,500 to 2,000 golfers around the world, and the rest of it need all the help they can get to get the ball in the air, and they want the ball to go far. How do you guys weigh in on what uh, what Rory had to say? Well, I, I agree with you. I, I watched it on TV when, when they replayed it, and it, it was hilarious how he did that. It was like he got to the end of the questioning, and nobody had asked him about it, and he says, are you not going to ask me about the RNA and the ESPA? <laughs> no, it was hilarious. But, no, I totally agree with everything he said. And his other point was rather than wasting money on – you know, doing all this study on the ball and how far it goes and this and that and the other, you should be spending money on growing the game, which Ab is absolutely true. Mark, your your and, thoughts on all that? Well, I I think I mean I listened to the interview and I think it's it needed to be said. And I go back to you know the challenges that the organizations face versus the engineers and the designers that uh, make golf balls and make equipment, you know, they're going to, the USGA did the, you know, did the bit with the long putter and people are learn how to circumvent it because the USGA is, I mean, the PJ is not going to, not going to come down on uh, these guys using the putter, whether they're connected or not. And then the same thing with, um, you know, with the grooves years ago, I mean, mm -hmm. Well, could, because the ball the ball changed, so, so it's it's we're back to the same place we were. They figure it out. Those guys are not the same; they're different. Well, you've mentioned this many times, Mark. We have different materials for balls and clubs that didn't exist ten years ago, twenty years ago, and certainly forty years ago. And th these guys are engineers; they're smart people. They know how to manipulate weight to make the ball do whatever they want it to do with it. And if you change the rules, they're just going to figure out a way to make it still go far if you've got the athletic ability to do it. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.
And so the bottom line of that is the USGA and RNA are just wasting money instead of spending it on growing the game or some other aspect of it, you know, donate it to charity or do something. If you've got extra money, you know, give it to somebody. <laughs> Send it to yeah, me. No, I can take, I'll, I'll take some of it off your hands. <laughs> yep. And we, and we, and we see it every day. The majority of our customers are average golfers. All they want to do is get a club in their hand that makes it easier to hit the ball and a ball that goes far. Mm-hmm. They, yep. they just want to go have fun and the USGA and the RNA are just totally missing out on the real point that, I mean, I, I have never had a customer come in our shop that says, you know, I think I want to hit it short. Exactly. <laughs> well, um, and, and, and here's hit it shorter. Now, they may not, they may tell you, well, I'm not so much concerned about distance, but I want to make it go straighter. Well, that's another thing that these engineers can do. They're, they're, they're bringing balls out that actually go straighter. The clubs yeah. help you hit the ball straighter. I mean, they're, the, the manufacturers are trying to make it easier for the customers. Well, I go back to the, the, the two, two events last week at, uh, last year at the, the Memorial and the week before at Muirfield Village. Uh, when the golf course was set up easy for the first event, the winning score was 20 under. A week later, they grew the rough, they tucked the pins, and they lengthened the golf course and shortened the fairways, and uh, John Rom shot minus nine. It was an 11-shot difference. Case closed. That's how you defeat lo- the long ball is you make the golf course harder, and it's easy to do uh, with uh, manipulating the rough, and it doesn't matter whether the – I mean, the pros are going to hit a six-iron 215 yards, so it doesn't necessarily matter whether you take that out of there and make, make it only go 195 – because if you put the ball in the middle of the flat, in the, in the middle of the green, they're going to find it. If you tuck it behind a bunker and next to a water hazard, occasionally they're going to hit it in there and not make a birdie or a par. So that's well, here's, a, how, here's here's how you change some things as well. You, know, you you grow the rough, you limit the number of spotters per hole at a PJ Tour event, mm-hmm. and you reduce the number of minutes you get to find the ball. And this all goes away. Absolutely, it's it's not it's not rocket science. I mean, I mean, I'm a member of several organizations, club fitters around the country, and Kirk and I made a decision a long time ago to go go in this business model that we're in, where we handle all the OEM products. You know, when we first started, sure, we we handled some boutique companies that a lot of people aren't aren't very familiar with. But I can promise you, if I brought those boutique companies into this building right now and used them as an option to fit, they could not compete with the Mizuno 921 or the 710 Ping or the 790 TaylorMade or some of the Callaway products or some of the, they they could not. And, And it's not that those companies don't have good products and they look really attractive and are less expensive. It's just that they don't have the power behind them financially to do the same thing that Ping and Callaway and Tylus and the rest of them are doing. All right. All right. Mark Valier and Kurt James joining us this morning on the show. We'll talk more with them coming up. We're also going to talk about range finders and a couple other things to get to as well in the next half hour. If you need to get your house remodeled, you need to call Keith and his team at KM Builders. They uh, do it as well as uh, anybody around, the best in San Antonio. And it doesn't really matter what it is that you want done to your house. 
Want a new bathroom? They'll be able to make the bathroom of your dreams. Want that uh, that cook's kitchen, that chef's kitchen that you've always looked about, and that 60-inch stove and all the nice uh, things that go with it? He's, Keith and his team have got an idea for that. They'll even work with the lighting in your house to make it better so that you can do whatever you want to do uh, more efficiently. They've got all kinds of ideas, and after 35-plus years, they've seen pretty much everything that can help you uh, in the design of your remodel. Give them a call today at 680-KMCO and online at, K- at kmbuilders.com. More of the Ticket 760 Golf Show coming up, 832 on the ticket. 835 is the Ticket 760 Golf Show rolls on. Andy Everett along with Mark Valier and Kirk James from MK Golf Tech. We talked about the distance issue with the USGA and the RNA. I think it's time for me to write a letter to uh, Mike Davis and to Martin Slumbers and tell them, "Hey, you guys are you're barking up the wrong tree here. We need to we need to do something different." <coughs> One thing that I do like, and uh, we're going to see how this all plays out, uh, the PGA of America, and I've mentioned most of you that listen to this radio show know the difference between the PGA of America and the PGA Tour. PGA Tour is what you watch on TV. The PGA of America is the guy that runs your club and gives you a lesson and and uh, grows the game of golf from the grassroots level. The PGA of America runs the Ryder Cup and the PGA. And at the uh, PGA Championship this year, and the women's PGA and the um, the uh, the senior PGA, they are going to allow the use of range finders for the players and caddies. Now, the players and caddies use these in the practice rounds, but once the competition starts on Thursday, it's off limits on the PGA Tour. Uh, most people think the PGA Tour will follow suit soon, but I think they all want to give an idea of if it does pay, uh, in, impact pace of play at the PGA Championship. I know that there will be players out there that uh, will slow themselves down even further, but guys, what are your thoughts uh, on uh, whether we should allow rangefinders or not and the PGA's decision to let it happen? Go ahead, Kirk. Boy, I, I, I don't understand the, I, I guess, I, I haven't, gotten too much into this but i i don't understand the argument of how that's going to slow down pace of play well me neither i don't either it seems like to me it would it would help the pace of play unless i'm just not thinking through it correctly but i mean they've got such intricate yardage books anyway if all they're doing is just confirming maybe a yardage or like when especially when they hit a ball you know when they hit a foul ball and they're way away from sprinkler heads or this, that, and the other, and they have the caddy has to go all the way up to the green to almost to figure out how far they are. I mean, wouldn't a rangefinder help those situations? I would I, think so for sure. I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't. I can't imagine that that would slow down the pace of play. Yeah, I think that, one of my thoughts. Just like you said, one of the things that's going to be an advantage is when you have that tangent that you know you're, you know where it is. You know what the distance is from the middle of the fairway, but you know the uh, the math behind uh, figuring out the tangent is it's not that complicated. I mean, ABC, <laughs> but but at the same time, it's going to save some time. I think the other the other narrative behind this is let's say that the caddy gets to the golf course on Monday, you know, and the the, the player would, uh, gets there on Tuesday. Well, Monday that caddy is supposed to go out and uh, walk the you know, walk the course and, and plot some things out and and uh, get all this information. So when the tour player shows up the next day, they're ready to go. But now what's that caddy going to do on Monday? 
does he uh, get a reduction in pay because he doesn't have to go out on the golf course and walk it because they can just laser it when he gets there? Well, 7% still uh, still the norm, I would hope, if you're a caddy. Now, I look at it from this standpoint. The only way I think that could, that could slow things down uh, is if they still want to walk them off uh, uh, walk off yardages. And I'm fine with them doing that uh, if they do it while the other two players in the group are hitting. Uh, don't wait until it's your turn and then decide to walk it off. Make sure you're doing that work beforehand. And I think most of the caddies do that. But I think here's the one di- the one thing that amateur golfers don't do enough of and professional golfers do and caddies do all the time is a pro not only wants to know what the distance is to the flag, he wants to know what it is to carry any trouble in front of the green, and he wants to know what the distance is to the back of the green. So if the, pl- the flag is 150 and the carry the front's 135 and the flag is tucked back left and there's only seven yards of, uh, of green behind him and it's 162 to the back fringe, he wants all of those numbers so he knows exactly where he's going to hit the golf ball and if he's going to try to take it from behind the hole and back it up, uh, I think uh, amateur golfers look at the GPS and they go, oh, it's 152, give me my 7-iron, let's go. And they don't ever think about the carry distance or what the trouble may loom behind. And that's something that a pro is always going to ask about. Well, I think years ago, you know, there were players that they were fine with 150, 155, 160. You guys like DeChambeau that wants to know, you know, the yardage to a foot or maybe less. So I think that could cause that's the, I think that's the only thing that's going to cause a problem if these players, you know, don't accept the fact that it's, you know, 150 instead of 152. Right. Well, they, I'll go back. Uh, this this conversation's been going on now for almost two years since the 2019 event up in Austin. Uh, Tiger was playing with uh, with um, the uh, the wise kid. I can't think of his first name right hand. The guy that won the Byron Nelson a couple years ago. Uh, and uh, Weiss was in the right bunker, and Tiger was wide left and uh, in the in the rough on the left. Tiger was away, and Joey had a number for him before he got to the ball. Tiger pulled out a wedge, and within 15 seconds, the ball was on the green. And that after all of that, uh, the uh, the other guy in the match uh, then was starting to figure out what the distance was. He was then going to the yardage book. He was then putting on the glove. He was then by choosing wedges. All of that could have been done 30, 40 seconds earlier, and he could have been ready to hit as soon as Tiger did. But uh, that's uh, that's all the way they, they do it. They have this routine they want to go through. And if golfers would uh, – I don't care if a golfer has a routine, but make it a quick routine, not a long one. And the qu- quicker that routine is, the better off everybody's going to be, and that will thing, that will help the pace of play for sure. All right, let's talk about let's talk about TaylorMade. TaylorMade Golf is now for sale. Um, I was hearing the other day that when uh, the current company that owns it uh, bought it for $200 million and its street value may be somewhere in the $2 billion range. Are those numbers accurate? Well, that's you what know, I, I heard, something around those numbers. And it's not surprising. Well, um, in case you go down to a willing buyer and willing seller, they find the right buyer. I guess they can... They can charge what they want to charge yeah. and then purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Well, it has to do with their debt yeah, and all that kind of stuff, for sure. Yeah. I mean the investment group that bought TaylorMade from Adidas, they were I mean that's that's exactly what they were. They 
they were one of these investment firms, you know, some some kind of a fund, maybe a hedge fund. I don't know exactly, but they they bought it as an investment. I right. mean, they they were buying it because it was cheap, and they thought they could turn it around, which they have done. And now it's worth a whole lot more money, and they're going to sell and uh, make a profit. And maybe, that's what he's got. That's what he's got to do. They didn't buy it for the long term. Yeah. Maybe GameStop bought it since I made so much money. <laughs> Maybe they did. Uh, Mark, you talked earlier about the power of marketing and the power of uh, money that the ma- major manufacturers have behind them. And with the corporate support that TaylorMade has, and TaylorMade, I think, is a little bit different than Titleist, Mizuno, Ping, um, and, and Callaway. And not that you can't get those products in other places, but TaylorMade's kind of been the the, the, the company for the masses. They want to sell to everybody. They're in every sporting goods store. Uh, you can buy them online. It's easy to get tailor-made product, and I guess that's how they say they're the number one at stuff. Uh, talk about that part of it because they've made a, an effort, and the founders of TaylorMade were very adamant that they wanted to get the, their, their stuff in the hands of as many people as possible. Well, um, I think it goes to uh, how they sponsor players. You can see that except for Rom, who just left. And I think Rom left because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't in this group. You know, he was uh, more of a, well, he's not from the United States. So I think he felt a little little jilted because Tiger and R- Rory and, you know, well, Rory's not from the United States either. But you know, I I think it comes down to Taylor May has always looked like the company that sponsored all the big names. And I think that helps them. Because if those big names are playing the product, then therefore I should play the product, and we we see that a lot anyway. But yeah, you know, so yeah, that's, that's always been their theory. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just they've got big names behind their company, they, and, they, and they're not afraid to sponsor them and give them money. I mean, Ping, we've always heard that Ping doesn't give you out, give out a lot of a lot of money to uh, sponsor a player. Uh, not sure about Callaway. I'm sure Nicholson gets a, a large some of money but uh you know from callaway but other than that i think it comes down to you know um how how the marketing works with regard to the consumer and I, you're right about taylor Bates. all right we got one more segment to go we'll find out what product mark likes best he teased us with that in the first segment and we got some news about augusta coming up as well that's straight ahead it's 845 on ticket 760 Back on the Ticket 760 Golf Show, our rules official uh, that uh, joins us on the program from time to time, Mike Lonergan, has weighed in. He tells us that college golf is uh, is very slow. They all use distance measuring devices. The average round is five hours, and that he's concerned that the use of it on the PGA Tour at some point may slow down the game even longer. I still go back to what we talked about before. This game does not have to be played as methodical as some people think that it should be. And if you will go through a routine that is quick and not one that takes 50 seconds every time you get ready to pull off a shot, and then if you change your mind, you go back through the routine again, that's what slows down play. I think in every case, whether it's the PGA Tour or whether it's uh, some guy playing at Brackenridge whenever the the weather breaks, uh, it comes down to the fact that you're not ready to play when it's your turn to hit, that you're not paying attention to who's around you, and that you need to be ready to go uh, when it's your turn. And if you do that, golf can be played in four hours. And if you're going to lallygag on the golf course, then you're going to slow down the entire group and then the whole day. So just well, be ready to play. Yeah. Let- well, with, with with all due respect to the uh, the rules official, which I 
I don't personally know, but I totally respect what he had to say. In college, if the coaches would let the players play, instead of walking with them and discussing um, a variety of topics before the player is trying to hit the shot after he gets the yardage, that may be one factor in why the rangefinder argument holds up or not with regard to college mm-hmm. or pros. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say the exact same thing. When I watch college golf on TV, it's like, it looks like to me, it's the coaches that are slowing down the play. If they would take them off the golf course, they would play a lot faster. In my opinion. I, I know uh, UIW girls just played a tournament, and I don't remember what the – they finished fifth or sixth, and they had a great first tournament. And if it comes down to, if you do the math, you know, the four or five players, whichever they count, um, one or two shots around, they would have been in a, a way better position. So I, I understand the theory behind trying to get these young people to make better decisions because you have an adult there. But I do know some Division One players that have told their coaches, I don't want your help. I want to play golf, mm-hmm. you know, and if I need help, I will ask. And that's the truth. I'm telling them, and this is, a, this is an All-American player. So, you know, I guess it depends. Yeah, I, I see the same thing. Coaches are out there uh, overanalyzing the shot. The guy's got his mind made up, and the coach then th- puts 10 different thoughts in his head that's going to take him another th- 60, 70 seconds to figure out what to do. So, right. um, anyway, that's the debate yeah. on the range finders. Uh, Mark, you teased us earlier about your favorite. Uh, tell us what golf club you like right now. Well, before I answer the question, I'm going to say that uh, this is the product that we have sold the most of so far. Um, and, you know, we use a system where you can track, you know, usage of, you know, sales and stuff. So, so far, the PNG 425 seems to be the number one driver that we're selling. Um, and it's, it, it just kind of works out that we've sold a variety of others. You know, the I think the Callaway driver is really good. I, uh, the TaylorMade driver seems to be good as well. I think maybe the, the version before the Sim 2 was a tad better. But, you know, each person has a hit it, and uh, they might like the way it looks better than the ping. Some people don't like the, the turbulator look on the top of the pings. But uh, Tylus driver has been a real real success. It's probably the best driver Tylus ever put out that I'm in my history anyway. But I think the ping driver is is it's got the highest MOI in, in golf. So whatever that means to the engineers, it's definitely a – a lot straighter driver. Kirk, you got a favorite? Yeah, what I, what, well, what I tell you what, here, here's, here's my thought. Right now, across the board, all the companies, they have, I think they all have out their best drivers they've ever really made from all the way across the board. They are all good, and it comes, it kind of then becomes either a personal preference or some people hit the ping better. Some people hit the Callaway better. It, 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 and there are nuances to these drivers that help certain people do certain things with the golf ball. And so some people, just because of the nature of their swing, they'll hit the Callaway better. Some people will hit the TaylorMade better. It, it kind of goes across the board, but we do, I mean, Mark is correct right now, we are selling really more ping drivers than anything because a lot of it is 
it does go straight. Mm-hmm. Very straight. Mark, do so you have a high MOI? It helps the ball go straight. Yeah. Mark, do you okay. have a favorite iron? It's good. Um, Mizuno 921s. Um, they're, there is, they're, you know, they're very good. And, uh, and it, we're selling, we're selling a lot of those. Um, the pings, the pings are really good. It's just hard to get them. So it's uh, difficult to have a customer wait, you know, sometimes three months to get their product. Right. Um, I mean, now's a, now's a really good time to get a product because it's cold. You know, the grass isn't growing yet. I mean, the grass doesn't know what to do. Well, they'll know what to do today, you know, the next four or five days. <laughs> it's going to be dormant. But last week, you could go out there and you could see it coming up. But the grass chemistry, the, it, the grass doesn't know what to do yet. It thinks, okay, I can grow. Okay, now I'm not going to grow. You know, okay, I'm going to grow. So it's really the end of February when things start to really change uh, agronomically. So I think, uh, I think right now, you know, it's a good time to get your product, and if you have to wait four weeks, you know, by the time you get your product, I think the grass will be up, and you have a little cushion hit off of. Because, you know, winter golf is a maintenance program for for me personally. I mean, I, I play, you know, on Sundays, you know, and I kind of I kind of chart the weather, I kind of follow the weather, and if it's a reasonable day, not too windy and not moist, where I feel too cold and don't have to put too much clothes on, I like to play. But right now um, is a good time. All right. Uh, we will uh, look forward to uh, all the new stuff coming out. And I guess uh, we're what about, uh, uh, well, is, is there any product that's not out yet? Is there still something out there that we're waiting on? Uh, not, not really. We, we still are, you know, as far as uh, uh, demo clubs or fitting clubs, we're still waiting on a few things. It's mostly the fairway woods from Callaway and TaylorMade. But other than that, we pretty much got everything in so far. Have you either one of you hit the new Pro V1 or Pro V1X? I, I have, have not. I know it's 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 out or it's in the process of being out. So we'll see what uh, what the slight differences are in that. I don't know that most of us can will, tell the difference. I will probably change from the Pro V to the Pro VX because it's going to be softer and a little bit less spin, I think. So right. I looked at the data right. So. Great, guys. We'll talk to you all next month. Have a uh, fabulous day and uh, stay warm. All right. Thanks, Andy. Andy. All right. Mark Valer, Kirk James, MK Golf Tech. Watch the golf today. We'll see if Jordan Spieth can hang on these next two days and get back in the winner's circle, having not won since the Open Championship in 2017 back at Royal Burgdale. Have a fabulous day. Thanks to Brian Gann for running the show today, and we'll see you in five and a half hours for UTSA basketball when they take on Florida Atlantic. 8.57 on Ticket 760.